Is Grunt going to be on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, he never mean? really responded to him. What podcast? This one. Oh, this one? No. I did <laughs> not. I did not plan for him to be here. Well, he asked. Did he? Oh my god! Did you not see his text? I don't. I don't think I read the text. We're gonna have to apologize to him. Should we did he, he ask right to be? I mean, he, I guess he, he could. Asked, I think it's. Well, I don't know. I I I got way too much to decide on. I'm staying out of this one. <laughs> Is that why he watched that movie review? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we can get him on. Let's just get him. On. I'll call him. No fucking way. What? Oh, this is why I never click on these sports center. Where where to go? God damn. Sports the ESPN ones are bad. This are you talking the Snapchats? Oh uh, yeah, those are awful. Dude, they just because all that like Zion people talk Zion Williamson <laughs> and talking about <laughs> it was like it was a Photoshop of him. Hey, did you want to record? In a Warriors jersey. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, we're we're locked and loaded right now. I I totally did not read your text. Like, I didn't really. I just looked over the text. Did not see that you asked for a guest appearance. So, I mean, I don't have to like talk or anything, but. Last one, tune in, do some. <laughs> uh, okay, well, get set up quick. You got five minutes. Five minutes. Do, do you have audacity? No. Yeah, you do. How did he down? How did he do it last There's time? There's no laptop. Oh, uh, it's a new. Well, download audacity. It won't take too much time. Was he gonna say anything about the movie? Does he want to talk? Are, are, what, so do you want to do you want to talk, or do you just want to listen like a live audience? We can't live just audience. have him just listen. Ryan says we can't just have you just listen. So you Why? could, one well, like that's he gonna would, be weird because he said that that's gonna be weird. How about how about you just download Audacity and like if you have something to say. Then say it. we'll bring you on for your power of the dog. I right, just guys. quickly get set up. We're already running late. In the top right to continue. Uh, go go get set up. Uh, Ryan will email you the link, and okay, that'll be that. All right, all right. See you soon. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh God, sorry boys. I did not see that message. Otherwise, I would have been on it. And Drop I it to the car, give it to ya. And a goodbye, give it to ya. Oh, dude, that one fucking, that one pisses me off. That, that uh, Doja. Doja Cat, the. Taco it sounds Bell. like she says, "Hop out in a troll, hop out in a truck, give it to ya. And oh my god, give it to ya." Thanks, Taco Bell, for ruining that one. Did you look at mixed categories on that thing? Oh uh, no, I, I I gotta still look at them. Wait, what? I guess Ryan, Ryan, we can invite Ryan to it. We should invite as many people as we can. What? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Ryan, Mick wouldn't give a fuck about Ryan. <laughs> wouldn't give a fuck about Ryan. What the fuck Jordan. are you talking about? It's just like 
it's like this random fantasy fantasy it's, music is it even fantasy it's uh, i guess i don't know i mean I it, really... it's just it's essential it appears it's essentially you join a league and then <laughs> there are categories there are rounds with categories and you submit like three songs um in this case the first round is covers better covers that are better than the original you all submit songs submit one right now. And, then, and then everyone votes and then everybody votes and then there's like you know standings and st- and then it makes it like makes this playlist for you and then it, and then yeah grant i got one that hey, i'm using that hey I, I got two nominees right off the bat don't tell us it's anom- anonymous well i'm not on it right well you can be if you want no well Save me for the next round. What the? You gotta stop. Whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, that's gotta, gotta stop s- right <laughs> Buddy, no more of that. I don't like that. I don't like that. One more and you're off. <laughs> I guess I could boot. Fuck you. Um. Well, can I join another like? A later round or is it starting i don't know right how, i don't know i don't know that level of detail what Grant, are you doing for fuck's sake oh we can't even hear you oh it sounds headphones use your headphones or something your computer mic's messed up or something ah mute yourself <laughs> Mute it. Oh my god, mute it right now. <laughs> this was a horrible idea. This was a horrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> Worst idea as of 2022. This this is up. There. Okay, okay, okay. That I'm my starting not, a mine my top covers that are better than the original. Skinny love. Come on, skinny love. Just wait, is that originally by Bonnie Bear? I don't even know what you're uh, talking about. I don't, I don't know. For a little so the, um a ma ma ma. You've heard Skinny Love before. Anyways, you definitely have heard this like one. The Bonnie Vare? Yes. But is that the original? Bon Iver. Yeah. It's but Bon Iver? No. One that you will <laughs> know <laughs> is It's like I've been saying it wrong the whole time. Hurt by Johnny Cash. By Johnny Cash. And that, I think that that's was, the one that you put. That was probably no, that wasn't the one I put. But that's Grant I was his, thinking about one Grant of Johnny Cash's end. song. Okay, so Skinny Love is by Birdie. And that's but, a uh, better song than the I, Bonnie Bear one. Or no, I think Bear? I like Bonnie Bear's a little bit more. Honestly, they're both good, so it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of oh. You throw that out there. I'm sure. Pat's friend group is totally the Bonnie Bear type people. The tame, I very strong overlap with the tame Impala people. Am yeah, because tame Impala is great. Yeah, I mean, if you like tame Impala, yeah, Bonnie Bear definitely. So I mean, psychedelicish. You probably his is a little woodsier. I don't know. Uh, Woodsy. Another artist that you listen to and you picture yourself in the woods, Maggie Rogers. Sure. Sure. Pharrell found Maggie Rogers. 
don't think that's the case, but he that is the case. That is 100% the case. I'm it pretty was... sure her um, Alaska song, her blow up song was a school project. So I guess maybe exactly. I'll put her on. I'm going to send you this fucking video of like... I know. And he like <laughs> cries because he's listening to the song. I know because they're the people that can see the music and feel the music, not just hear the music. Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, Kanye is self uh, diagnosed himself. Who? Yaycon. Yaycon. Did Donda two slap at all? Oh, I didn't know it was Donda. He did that live show, I think. Yeah, it was a disaster. Did you download Audacity? Yeah. What are you looking at right now? Your Xbox. Games. I'm playing Stop. Assassin's Creed. Get the fuck off Assassin's Creed. Get the fuck off okay, it. No, if, he's gonna, if he's gonna just listen, like I thought he was just gonna be on the Zoom, like staring at us the whole time. And I, well, <laughs> the reason that I told so, him he has to like download Audacity is because you can't stare at a Zoom and not like say or react in any way that's gonna like make us pause. And if no one can understand what's going on, it would be hella distracting. But if he's literally just trying to listen to the podcast live uh, while he's playing video games, he doesn't need to fucking record himself. I don't care. Like, do you have any opinions on this movie? Like, very strong opinions that you'd want to say? Yeah, it was awful. I already forgot the guy's name. I probably should have looked up a recap. This guy. Uh, the guy he's always Bronco. 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 Oh, Henry. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, well, Henry. like, do, do, like, do you just want to listen or do you want to talk? I'm leaving this up to you. This is Todd only about the movie. No, it's going to be like Mainly. majority of it probably, but. I might chime in. Oh God. Oh God. Uh, okay. God, okay. Okay. Is... Just no, then you'll do then no video games. Then no video games at I first. No video games. Let me get out of here. Just pause it. I'll pause it. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 30th episode of No Country for Big Men. I am joined by my co-host, Ryan, a.k.a. Holy shit, two more days until we see James Harden play. <laughs> see, that's, that's um, if, if you don't have Twitter, you're not in the Twitter sphere, it's a little jab at all the Sixers fans right now because they are losing their minds. They, they, they are just busting one every single night thinking about James Harden and waiting for him to play, so... That, is that confirmed? Is he playing on Friday? That would be hilarious. <laughs> it's not, and they have to wait in anticipation a little bit longer. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I think people are just assuming Philly he's gonna fans play. Are the worst. Man. They, they can be pretty bad sometimes. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Love also, I am, I am joined. Yeah, because we are you at the same time. Love, love yourself. Love it's thyself. Like your family, you know. Sometimes there's things that bother you about them, but you know, your family. Yeah, family. And that right there, who was just talking about family, is Jack, a.k.a. Dog Boy. I don't know how I feel about this. Is that referring to power. Yeah, that is foreshadow. We'll get to that. Yeah. Because it's foreshadow, it's down the line. 
All right, teasing you. And for this special episode, we <laughs> we are joined by a guest who's been on the show before. His name is Grant, aka Grunters. And Hello. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm laughing because. <laughs> I, he texted the group chat asking if there's a, hey, a spot. Hello. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for... And I now know I'm not crazy. I now know I'm not crazy. But he texted the group chat asking if there's a spot tonight for the podcast. Ryan had asked if he had seen Power of the Dog, which we gave you plenty of time to watch a movie, Grant, which clearly shows that you're not listening to the pod. Uh, you said no, and then you started watching it immediately, and I did not see those texts. And so, uh, <laughs> we realized at the time when we usually start recording this that Grunt was not with us, and that was my fault, but we quickly got him on here. He's a great addition to the show, provides a lot of good feedback, a lot of good content for y'all, so it only seemed right that we had him here with us for episode 30. And wow, episode 30, the big three over 30 hours of us blabbering about some of the most important stuff in the world Warriors and Sixers b-ball baby instead of invading Ukraine we're invading your ears with the best takes <laughs> the funniest jokes and just a good old-fashioned good time so thank you to everyone who has been with us on this journey this thing may be over soon, though, because last episode we said that if Warriors and the Sixers made the finals, then then we've peaked, and I feel like the the losing party couldn't take the verbal abuse that the other fan would would give them. So that that's you you said that dog boy, not me. So thank you to holy shit, two more days until we see James Harden play and Dog Boy for making this thing happen and definitely carrying the show because Lord Joel Embiid knows I cannot do this shit on my own. Honestly, people who do this shit on their own, all the power to you. Just like power of the dog. <laughs> anyway, damn it. pretty good episode we got lined up for you. We have our second official movie review I don't think the No Country for Big Men was that official. It was sort of an introduction. So this is the second official one. It's Power of the Dog. Hopefully you, you had enough time to watch it. But before we get to that, we're going to do a little NBA All-Star Weekend recap. Jack, Dog Boy, his little new segment he came up with. We're very excited to show you that. And quick Super Bowl recap because football is over. Sad. That was ages ago, the Super Bowl. Yeah, but, you know, still got to talk about it. Because it's football. All right. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. First, I just have to say, you're what? saying it would be really hard to do a show by yourself, but you just did one for the last seven minutes. So It's, it's called an introduction. After this, I, I pretty much, te- uh, I pretty much peter one. out. I peter out and done and I, I i flop like a fish so you've on a dock is what you're saying in this episode oh yeah i peaked oh yeah i've already peaked this I, actually no my great. peak's coming it was great my though. peak's coming my peak's coming later later but let's talk about some basketball 
We already did a special edition for James Harden and our thoughts on that. So we're going to keep it pretty broad, I guess. Uh, thoughts, guys, on the weekends. I watched the All-Star game. I did not watch the dunk contest, but apparently it was horrible. Oh, man. So I did. So maybe if you want to talk about that. But All-Star game no. was, was sort of fun, you know. Was no. happy to see Joel not get injured. I was thinking that the whole time. <laughs> Windmill slams. Come on, JoJo. Yeah, which is probably not the energy I need to be putting out there. But he survived. James Harden was there. It was cool to see him take photos with AI. There's a really cool photo of JoJo walking on the court with uh, Dr. J and AI sitting there. And it's like legend to legend to legend. So... I'm always happy for these guys to get their rest, but I am ready for some basketball because I don't really know what to do with my free time. I'll just throw on a game if I've got nothing else to do. So give me your thoughts, guys. It was, I mean, it, it, it was arguably the worst product I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what, the dunk contest or All-Star Weekend? Well, certainly the dunk contest. The, you know, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, those are usually the fun parts. The All-Star game, wow. You know, I know the Elam ending has spiced up at least the ending, and there's kind of a fun aspect of the end of the games. I, I was I was unable to watch it this year, the game itself. I usually don't watch the game itself, but... I mean, I typically try and at least tune in for the three-point contest and the dunk contest because, you know, when it hits, when a dunk contest hits... It is really fantastic. It is really fabulous. I didn't realize the depths at which it could miss <laughs> until this year because I was, you know, like secondhand embarrassment. That's what I was feeling. I was like, I just, just, just for the situation, I don't know. I don't know whose fault it is or if it's just the stars aligning in crappiness. First of all, you had no stars in the dunk contest they and to be fair you know the, the the dunk contest has been semi-starless for a while now like everybody points to the zach levine aaron gordon i think like 2016 all-star dunk contest that was incredible um and aaron gordon was you know a high draft pick but those guys weren't like stars um i mean god it would take like zion and i mean we'll get to zion later but it'll take Zion and like other, I don't know, a few other guys to really at least name brand push the dunk contest up. And then they need a timer because these guys miss these dunks and then they do it 10 times. And the whole energy of the building was dead. Oh, and like, sounds look, dreadful. I, I mean, it was just, it was just honestly just like the weirdest, weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And to be honest, it's really hard to explain how weird it was. And, like, I was only watching it. I, I watched the skills contest and the three-point contest muted while I was doing some other things. Unmuted it for the dunk contest because typically there's some energy there. But, my God, it was just horrible. It was just horrible. D-Wade doesn't say anything worth of crap uh. on the broadcast whatsoever. You know, there's more misses than hits in dunk, dunk contests. I don't know if it's always been like that, but... I don't know where the All-Star game is next year. Hopefully not a wintry city. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, watch it be in Minneapolis. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I just, 
I mean, to, you know, I can't even blame the crowd. It was just so boring. It was just so weird and awkward. And it was just like, honestly, the most least riveting thing ever. So I would imagine there might be some dunk contest reforms here pretty shortly. Um, I don't know what those will be, but they, but I mean, it was, it was terrible. I have reporting to do next year's all-star game is in Salt Lake City. Oh my God. I don't know what they're doing selecting these places. Why don't you go somewhere warm? But no, I mean, Jack, your thoughts are pretty much what the consensus seemed like in the sphere of Twitter where just a lot of misses and just kind of took, just deflated the balloon of hype around the event. Oh, Sorry. What? I forgot about the two even worse parts than the dunk contest. They did a promo for Steph Curry and Aisha Curry's new eight dating show on HBO Max. Oh mm-hmm. In between, I think it was in between the skills contest and the three-point contest. And they had them like, who's more likely to survive in the wild? And they were blindfolded and they had like drinks and they had to like take a drink of a red drink if it was Steph and they had to take a blue drink if it was they thought it was aisha or something and apparently apparently they just got booed during this oh my god <laughs> which is pretty funny and also absolutely worth boo- i mean i think part you of it's cannot they booed be doing it's, that because it's in cleveland but they smashed an ad in the middle of an all-star a freaking ad i'm i mean i'm just here to watch some dudes chuck some threes for kenny the jet smith to yell and to watch some guys dunk and they decided to have a live ad it's getting out of control adam control the league i love that you had it muted and that was the most interesting thing that you said to me is the levels of attention for jack that what he gives a certain show because because i think we're all there with him you know we have our attention drawn out into different places we multitask a lot so the level below actually watching a television show is having it on in the background. A level below that is muting it for Jack. Yes. There we go. I honestly don't even think I'm going to bother turning on the All-Star Weekend next year. And I'm just probably going to do something else entirely during it. So, Well, and it's funny because everybody complains about the Pro Bowl being at the end of the season and that the NFL doesn't like it's a joke of a game and it certainly is but what league has a good all-star game I think you would argue that the NHL probably has the best because I think they have stakes attached to it still with the finals like MLB where the finals home court advantage or home ice advantage is to the winning conference of the all-star game I feel like that's the only way to make it a actually competitive game i don't blame the nba for having the format that they do but i i certainly think that it just makes it not very interesting yeah i'm yeah it's like because of the the ending with i I don't even know exactly how it works but but that elam ending yeah how do they pick the number of points i don't know see i didn't watch this part this i watched it the amount like, of points you score in like the first three quarters or something, mm, or something. Yeah, it's, and it's they like, added up. Be interesting to tune in kind of toward the end, or I'll probably have the All Star Game muted in the background. There we go. Level three attention 
for the for the end and then and then probably not tune in to the dunk contest whatsoever bye bye just just because i i just you know and it'll probably be great the year that i don't tune into it and then you just don't get that it's just not the same second hand but i don't know i mean i don't find the three-point contest particularly riveting either I, I i mean it can be in terms of like oh man this guy needs to make you know two of these last five rack you know in this rack we'll see what he does but I don't know. And then the skills contest is, I mean, ridiculous. I I mean, honestly, if they want to spice it up, it's the same idea I used for the Oscars, but for the NBA All-Star game, just make it jackass, but NBA style. I'm sure the league would love to. They would love to do that. Put their stars in harm. Oh, yeah. Let's hear a new segment to the show. I'm very excited for this because... I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's coming. Just like everything in life, just got to be prepared for it. I guess that's contradicting a little bit, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> but that's I mean, okay. See, I'm flopping like a fish. I'm flopping like a fish here. I'm flopping We're like live a fish. here. We're live. We got we got a guest with us. But Jack, please, <laughs> please. making you nervous. <laughs> He is him not even looking at the Zoom. He's playing Assassin's <laughs> He's Creed. He's playing Assassin's Creed. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> with all of that being said, I think I'm very excited. People say it's the second half of the NBA season. It's not. That's a bold-faced lie. There's only like 25 games well, left. Well, they changed that recently. They did. They pushed it way back right. this year. But even prior years, it was like 60-40. But 64, once again, Adam, get it together. No, there's like 25 games left. And I mean, you know, uh, we're kind of entering, you know, we were kind of in the dog days there a little bit. But the trade deadline spices things up. You got a 25-ish game run here to set yourself up for the playoffs. It's going to be fascinating. I look forward to it. But before we spend the next few months talking about that, and it makes me excited to look forward. We need to look back. Oh. We need a little bit, a hit of nostalgia. Everybody loves a little bit of nostalgia. Nobody loves nostalgia arguably more than the NBA. I mean, they had the NBA 75 ceremony at this All-Star weekend as well. Sixers greats. Many Sixers greats. I mean, the Sixers have a long, very nice history of, of some very nice players. But this segment is going to be called NBA Remember That Guy? Where it's a simple segment where I ask our audience, do you remember that guy? So Pat, cue the music. Oh. Cue the music. That's right. right. I'm, putting, I'm putting a little bit more on you this time. <laughs> but, you know, there might be some dramatic pauses and it's nice if there's a little bit of music running in the background there. All right, we got, we got Depending music. Depending on the mood right of this segment, I might want to throw in a remember that guy or two. True. Also, okay. improv remember that guy's feel free. Mm-hmm. Okay. But NBA, do you remember that guy? Gordon Hayward. Do you remember oh, him? I do. He's out for a long time. I know. But do you remember him being a thing? I checked, he's still alive. Yeah, he plays for the Hornets. Exactly, but do you remember, I mean, do you remember summer 
2017. Oh, when the Heat and Celtics were going after him. Oh, man. It was great. When do you ever hear about Gordon Hayward nowadays? Not much, but he did sign a mega deal with the Hornets, and I said at the time, terrible contract. Look at it now. Get your bag. I mean, yeah, you got two. Good for him. I'm glad he's out there. I mean, do you remember that guy? I remember that guy. Speaking of, do you remember that guy? Greg Popovich. Do you remember him? Oh, man. I do. Do you remember him? Still in the league. Yeah. Maybe the greatest coach ever. I mean, I never hear a thing about him anymore. He has, like, the he- best win percentage in the top ten and wins for coaches, too. He... He doesn't. I mean, it's like he's not even in the league anymore. And he's the greatest. He might be the greatest coach ever. This might even be his last season or second to last season. We don't yeah. even know. I don't know. He's old. He is old. Point is, do you remember him? Do you remember I him? Remember, I do. I remember Pop. Don't do that to him. The Birdman will be mad. He loves Pop. They're still in. The, they're still in the playing mix, man. Don't do Devin Vassell like that. Deontay Murray. Speaking of a team not in. The- the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do you remember him? Uh, do you remember that? Man. Do you remember when they were a franchise? Hurts. Yeah, I do. What a time. Actually, this is a great time to throw in one of my contributions, and that's Thabo Cephalosha. Oh, remember man. him? Because I love I the playoffs and how they make these specialist guys so much more valuable in matchup on a matchup to matchup basis. And I remember Thabo Cephalosha being a major factor in defending LeBron, if I remember correctly. And so Thabo speaking of LeBron James, do you remember him? Oh no. I do. Do He's having like one of his best seasons statistically. And yeah, no, you're right. Do you remember the guy who could carry terrible teams to home court advantage in the first round? I miss that guy. I miss that guy. Do you remember him? I do. He's different now. Uh, What a man. No, that's not even true. Clutch Sports is ninth in the West. I mean, I could handle the Lakers losing. LeBron, you should have come to Philly. I That's told true. you, you should have come to Philly. None of this would have Like happened. who? In his front office as we speak. I mean... Who else do we need to remember? Because mine is also a, like a LeBron killer-esque. And that's Roy Hibbert. Oh, remember Roy, that guy? Do you remember him? Do oh, man. Him? I do. Do you remember him? Those Pacer teams had the heat by the throat for a little bit. That was fun to root for them. Anything against those heat teams. My God. We really thought Roy Hibbert was going to do it. I think Stephen A. had the take that he would take Roy Hibbert over Tim Duncan. That's we bad. really had the, the Roy Hibbert is the key to stopping LeBron. We did. Man. What a terrible time. <laughs> Paul George. Remember him? Paul George, David West, George Oh, Hill. David West, Lance Stevenson. Wow. Lance Stevenson. Never mind. Those were great times. I'm <laughs> kidding. Nostalgia's a hell of a drug. Who else is on your list? John Wall. Do you remember him? Oh. 
He was in the him? mix for maybe buyout? buyout. I do. Oh, he was in the mix for Clutch Sports. To, well, he is already a part of Clutch Sports, but the franchise that formerly known as the Los Angeles Lakers was going to trade him for Russell Westbrook. And <laughs> Back to the Lakers know. were going to give up a 2027 first round pick, but Rob Palenka said no, and then now LeBron's pissed because what was totally going to solve the Lakers' issues was John Wall. Do you remember him? Do you remember that guy? The guy who averaged like 20 points a game on like 40% shooting? Do you remember that guy? I do. I think he was totally going to solve the Lakers' issues. Do you remember him? Do you remember him? That guy? That guy was going to solve the Lakers' issues? Do you remember him? My Wizards fan friends are fuming. I do. That guy who hit like one shot in the first round and everybody freaked the fuck out? Kendall Walker. Yeah, John Wall. Yeah, great guy. What did you say? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? Kendall Walker. Oh. Oh, great addition. I do. Yeah. He just got <laughs> shut down for the rest of the season today, I think. John Wall, 23 points per game on 45% from the field. Effective field goal percentage of 48% in 2016-17. Yeah, that, that guy? That guy, do you remember him? Yeah, he, he was going to get you in the playoffs. Franchise formerly known as the Lakers. Do you remember him? Jack's taking out a lot of characters here. Jeremy Lin. I do. Jeremy. <laughs> just <laughs> shouting stuff That's out. That's a good one, Grun. That's a good He's one. He's just yeah. going with the Yukon guards. <laughs> it's just like, actually, do you remember that? That's just an actual, like, do you remember <laughs> He might do still you, be uh, playing. Do you remember Kobe? Whoa. Wow. Immediate reaction. That wasn't cool, dude. <laughs> Before we get to our last, do you remember that guy? Uh, I need, because I'm, you know, praising all these guys. I need to praise one more guy. Hold on one second. Jeremy Lamb was in the Tyrese Halliburton trade. No, I think he said Jeremy Lin. He said Jeremy <laughs> Lin. Oh. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I don't, he went to UConn? Yeah, I didn't know. Harvard. A guy who dug himself, who would, who, if I had done this segment at, in the offseason, who dug himself out of remember that guy because he has made us remember him. Shout out to Kevin Love. Renaissance year for K Love off the bench. I totally forgot he was in the league for like two years. But good for him. Annoyingly good fantasy asset, yes. But speaking of the bench. Zion Williamson, do you remember him? Boom. Do you remember him? I do. Speaking of the bench, because he's not even there supporting his teammates. He's called out by JJ Redick. JJ, this one, this one was a little bit of the less, so do you remember him because he's been in the news? JJ Redick, absolutely pretty much ripping into him. It's great. Come to Philly. <laughs> oh, JJ, I don't want yeah. Zion. No, 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 get fat boy out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't know. He was 27 points per game on 60%, 61%. We got our big man. Last season. I I think you got to worry about foot injuries with someone that big. 
And I think, I mean, Simmons, this was also a concern. Apparently, he's just been rehabbing in Portland, so uh, I need a TMZ-style interview. You need to find out where he's been interviewing. I mean, this is probably false news because I haven't felt an earthquake or tremor or anything. (laughs) I don't know why I'm fat shaming him. He's not fat. He's just built. Yeah, where's Voodoo doing? (laughs) (laughs) Stick. Stick up there. I'm sorry, Zyna. I'm just doing it for the laughs. This is cheap. But do you remember him? Do you remember Zion? God damn it. I remember Zion. That was cool. The I shoe do. game. Remember when he busted out of his shoe? The shoe game. Well, that was that was a great segment, Jack. Thank you. Thank you. You no, can thank stop you. the music. No, the music has been stopped. Don't you worry. Thank you. I faded it out. It's a nice fade out. So, well, I will... Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to close out that segment, but yeah, I, I remember I remember all those guys, so thank you. Oh um, yeah, I mean just you know <laughs> just They deserve a nice reminder. Yeah. I guess I guess that's just you know, do you remember those good times of all of those guys? Those were just good times when those guys were just vibing and in top of their game. Good times. Gordon Hayward, Oklahoma City Thunder, John Wall, Greg Popovich, LeBron James, Zion Williamson, Thabo Cephalosha, Roy Hibbert. <laughs> Jeremy Lin. Zion Williamson. Zion. Just good times. Do you remember when those guys were in the news? Just good times. People may be forgotten, but their souls are never lost. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you know what time it is. It's America's favorite pastime. That's right. We're talking foot. Oh, and sadly, we probably won't be talking football for a while because football season is over. The superb owl has been played, and the NFL has a new champions, and it's the LA Rams. Odell. Odell finally got his ring, tore his other ACL in the process. Same ACL. Same ACL in the process. I mean, I think everyone knew immediately what it was because it was non-contact and he looked like he was in a lot of pain. So, yeah, it's good to see him get a ring. Aaron Donald got his ring. He was a beast in that game. Was not MVP. But, yeah, Ryan, I, Ryan, your prediction came true in the end. The, the, the Rams front seven, especially that D-line, just really turned it on the second half. And they they stopped they stopped Burrow and Burrow got hit and sacked a bunch of times and they did run it on third and one uh, on their last drive straight into Donald with and they didn't even have Mixon in I don't know that's that's a pretty basic observation but I don't really get why you do that <laughs> um, Jamar Chase though and T Higgins fucking cooked Ramsey that was that was delightful to see that was great to see am I wrong there that was fucking it was probably Ramsey's worst game of his career which is I hilarious. mean the Higgins play was obviously offensive pass interference yeah but, but I mean, come on at the end of the day the play stands and ramsey did not make the play so there's that as for the third and one you know you can crit- i hate when people just constantly criticize coaching decisions in that manner when they're not in the heat of the moment i think it's kind of probably trickery 
you have Samaj P. Ryan in instead of Mixon, your bell cow running back. Samaj P. Ryan is your third down running back, but he's in there to pass block. They're probably expecting a pass. Maybe a little off-tackle play gets you some yards, gets you the first down. If not, you know you have fourth down to play with. I do not have that much of a problem with the call, but... Don't run it to Donald. Don't run it to Donald. I mean, Donald was blowing up every play. That was the issue. He was just dominant. And that's, I think, you know, I don't watch the game closely enough in real time, especially on Superb Al Sunday. Um, I'm there to have a good time, have some drinks. I'm not analyzing the football that much, but I trust other people that do. And the main criticism is that they didn't do any the the Bengals didn't do anything to counter Donald they didn't do anything they knew that they were mismatch I, like I wasn't the only person to point out that the Rams have a good D line right that's kind of what got them there but the Bengals didn't do anything to stop it they just kind of played the same game plan and you know they held in there for a while because of some Matt Stafford turnovers but I just did not like the game plan from how it played out on the field. It clearly was not effective. And I don't know how you have two weeks to prepare and you don't do anything to try to counter your opponent's best strength. It was questionable to me. I'm 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 very glad that Aaron Donald got a ring or at least got a lot of the spotlight for the ring because he's obviously a phenomenal player that deserves it. And I mean... I don't know if people even really do this do this for defenders or really do this outside of anybody but quarterbacks, but the guy's obviously incredible. He's an all-timer. So I'm just glad that there's nothing to really poke a hole in ter- into him in terms of resume. Uh, I hope he retires. Um, I hope Sean McVay retires. I hope Cooper Cup retires. <laughs> Matthew Stafford can, can retire too. No, if Odell could, I mean, if he stays in the league, I don't want him to stay with the Rams if all those guys retire. I'd like to see him, you know, go somewhere good. But, yeah, he can stay in the league. Just as long as he's out. I mean, to be honest, they can leave the division. That's all I really care about. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, I hope that the $15 million a year, supposedly, that Sean McVay might get doing television uh, is true. But I'm not particularly thrilled on the opposite end of the spectrum for all this Matt Stafford love. Cause like he's fine and he's good and he's not a hall of famer. Granted his career is not over. So, you know, can't truly judge. Well, he's going to retire these... in your book. Well, I, I mean, I hope he does. Um, but nonetheless, like all this Matt Stafford hall of fame conversations, which I've heard a lot of smart people shoot it down and stuff like that. And, and it seemed to get, you know, a little carried away. It seemed like Dan Orlovsky, former teammate and friend, was really pushing this. Um, but I don't think he's biased. Matthew Stafford is an above-average QB. Was he held back by the Lions' incompetence as a franchise? Yes. Was he somebody who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely no way. He's fine. He's good. He's solid. Uh, can make some incredible throws. Also, he still had a stupid deep bomb in which that got picked off. Yeah. Um, the other interception Swings. was not his fault. That was just a drop turned interception. And look, he played played well in this playoff run. They have a phenomenal defense, a really good offensive system. 
he certainly took them over the edge. Makes me all the more upset that the 49ers did not trade for him, <laughs> considering it might be the 49ers as the Super Bowl champions right now. If we're wow. uh, yeah, this is a, this analysis that, is just very very soaked in uh, Bay Area bias. Well, you asked me for a my opinion. Touche. That's true. That's true. Well, another f- football season has come, and another football season is gone. But you know what's going to be right around the corner? <gasps> Our draft episode. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we got. Yeah, you got to bring John in for that. Definitely. Yeah. Great. Get scouting. Look at that. We're getting. We're doing this for so long that we're starting to develop traditions, and it's beautiful. And ah, oh, like NBA. Do you remember that? It's great. That's a great tradition. Do you remember that when I did NBA? Do you remember that? All right. Enough with the sports talk. Let's get into our second official movie review, and that is the power of the dog. Or no, it's power of the dog. No, the power of the dog. Sorry. I already getting there wrong. <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> Flopping like a fish. <laughs> Not nervous at all. <laughs> anyway, I think this review is going to be a little bit spicy because I'm pretty sure we got some differing opinions here on on the Zoom, on the pod, on the No I Country. It's three for- against one. Uh, I mean, I don't know Ryan's exact thoughts on it. I think I got a general feeling of it, but let's get I don't into know it. Grunts. Power of the Dog, directed by <laughs> Jane Campion. Say it correctly. Jane there Campion, not Jane Cameron. James Cameron. It's directed by James Cameron. Massive budget. Blue I knew people. it wasn't James Cameron. I was like, I knew it start, It was Jane and started with a C. So I got checked right before the segment. So the Jane power Campion. Of the dog. Avatar it is, 2. It's the got. Power of the dog. All, right, all right, let me do this. It's got. <laughs> It's got some big, big names, big actors in it. We got Benedict Cumberbatch. We got Kirsten Dunst. We got Jesse Plemons. And then we got the kid who played Peter, the the kid. I don't know that actor's name. Cody Smith McKee. You can at least <laughs> do your research. <laughs> God damn. I'm sorry, I don't know one actor's name. Uh, sorry, I can't finish the director's name. Uh, Fun fact: <laughs> If you go on Google, it's it says that at least it did at one point. I think when I googled it today, it says that Paul Dan- Dano is in that movie. That dude from uh, no, there's no way he's in that movie. He's not. Be blood, yeah, but he's I know Paul Dano. I know. Yeah, he's not in it. Well, people probably don't know who Paul Dano. Is. <laughs> I don't think Paul Dano comes to mind he's... very often. I, this is the first time Paul Dano has ever been mentioned on a podcast ever. All right. Fun fact. He is the Riddler in the upcoming Batman film. Oh, I've seen this guy. He's freaky. he's got a very funky face, you know. Yeah, what Maybe else does he play? Cast. He's in There Will Be Blood. Yes. He's in Prisoners. Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine, yes. Grant can sort of relate with his character in that. Tr- trying to join the military, but uh, then he's colorblind and he, can't, and he realizes he can't. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the little plot line. Great film. Sorry, I just spoiled, you know, a big part of it. So um, let's get into Power of the Dog. It was a Western. It was a slow burn. It is a Netflix original. Probably Netflix's most. No, it has to be the most successful Netflix original as of right now. 
Although I did like Don't Look Up way better. I think I think Don't Look Up is just an important film altogether. But this film is up for 12 Oscar nominations. Don't know exactly what they are, but you know, it's the big ones. Best actor, best supporting actor, best, best director, pictures. best picture. It, it's it's the it's like they pretty much just like, yeah, fuck that, it. Uh, We're going to nominate you for Bit everything. McKee guy. I think he's nominated. Jesse Plemons nominated. Kristen Dunch. Dunst is nominated. Fuck it. So give it to them all. Give, give them every fucking award. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the Whoa, fuck? Are Paul you kidding? Dano, come down. See, and this, this, this is one of my points here is that the French Dispatch was not nominated for a single thing. I don't like to get super into the Oscars. They can be pretty biased or you can sort of see what the academy likes this year but i mean come on really the french dispatch not even one nomination you're giving power of the dog 12 nominations that's that's a bit that's a bit laughable that's that's pretty outlandish in my opinion but yeah i mean coming away from watching the film i'll sort of give my first thoughts is that i did not like it i did not like the film <laughs> I did not like it. Honestly, the first, it's it's divvied up into five parts, I believe. Grant, you watched it literally right before this episode. Is it five parts? Yep. 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 He's sh- Yep. There we go. We got a yep from him. Great uh, podcasting. He's shaking his head. <laughs> word. Great stuff. <laughs> divvied up into five parts. I think by the end of part two, Sonia wasn't watching. She was like doing something else. And I turned to her and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on right now. Like, I really have no idea what is going on. It start, you, well, you, you start to, yeah, hold on, hold on. You start to get a feel for it, like where the movie's going, like about halfway through. But by then, it's like, really, really? Um, so let's dive into it. Jack, you, I think, are one one out of three here that really enjoyed the movie. Up, yeah, I, I yeah, think. Gave, it, gave it a fresh well, round. Well, for the uh, audience a little bit, like... It's, yeah, it's pat- piggybacking on what Patrick said. It's 1925. There are, like, ranchers in Montana. Two brothers who I'm just going to call them by their actors' names because that's just, that's I just fine. tend to remember the actors, not the characters, but Benedict Cumberbatch and J- Cumberbatch. Jesus, now I can't say it. Yeah. My bad. Flopping like I a fish. Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons are brothers. Uh, they're both ranchers in Montana. Fucking rich ranchers, by the way, like the best. Low yeah, like really rich. It seems. It seems like Jesse Plemons is kind of like the business side. Benedict Cumberbatch kind of, you know, runs the place um, from a <laughs> ranch perspective. I, I don't yeah. know. From like, no, yeah. you know, he's he's, he's a handyman. Obviously, massive spoiler alert for this entire movie. Dude, we fucking told them to watch the movie. If they're listening to this review, they should have watched the movie. All right, spoil yeah, away. Right. Spoil away. You're right. Sorry, guys, but spoil away. Kirsten Dunst and her son, Cody Smith McKee, uh, son in the movie, they run this little uh, B&B out you know, in Montana. Anyways, Jesse Plemons, Benedict Cumberbatch are driving cattle through Montana. They and their crew stop by this air, this B&B restaurant place and eat dinner. 
at the dinner, Benedict Cumberbatch. Are you giving a whole recap yeah. of the movie right now if they already watched it? They might not. I we we're getting to important points. We're setting up some of it. I just want I just want to establish what the general driver of the movie is. Oh god, yeah. Okay. Before we get into this. Benedict Cumberbatch antagonizes Cody Smith McKee McPhee while he's at this Airbnb to the point where Kirsten Dunst cries. Jesse Plemons has sympathy for her, develops somewhat of a relationship trying to make up for the fact that his brother's a huge dick. Um, Then, then, I I mean, falls in love, I guess. uh, I don't know. Eventually asks her to marry him. Kirsten Dunst says yes. Kirsten Dunst sends Cody Smith McKee off to school. Kirsten Dunst then goes with Jesse Plemons back to their ranch where she lives pretty much by herself. All the all the meanwhile, Benedict Cumberbatch just totally antagonizing her, driving her to drink. Cody Smith McKee shows up over the summer out of school and the he sees how Benedict Cumberbatch is antagonizing his mother, but Benedict Cumberbatch and crew also antagonizes him. And we're off. That's that's pretty much what sets the stage for the rest of the movie. So, but it's also like the entire first half to first three quarters. I feel like. Yeah, I don't know when the first act. I'd have to watch it again. I watched it around Christmas time, so it's been like two months since I've actually seen it. Um, but nonetheless, well, I think the first few acts are a lot longer than the last few. Um, I definitely know Act Five is like one of the shortest of the film. But I just felt like they needed to, you know, the whole film once Benedict freaking falls in love with uh, Cody Smith McKee. I guess that's what we're going to call him. I forget. Peter. I'm calling him Peter. Yeah, Peter's fine. Peter's fine. I, you know, I honestly thought this was going to turn into like a Brokeback Mountain sort of film and like a love story at first he i honestly maybe i was just totally off guard but i didn't realize that he was plotting to kill kill benedict and i it was definitely surprising i guess did i miss the boat on that was that yeah you missed you obvious yeah you missed the boat wait at what point do you think that he's gonna kill him you can tell by cody's acting you can tell by Peter, his demeanor, how he's carrying himself. He is a bit of a sociopath in a way. He doesn't really show too many emotions, which I think is one of the reasons why he's able to kill Phil. Because Phil, he is a closeted gay man. And we'll, we'll get into Bronco Henry, but he Phil's gay. Phil's gay. Peter is more open with his sexuality. Uh, Peter is also gay as well and obviously they have a little moment when phil is bathing in the river peter sort of finds his stash his like porn stash which is like a just a bunch of photos of muscular dudes a bunch of books about them so bronco henry specifically back in 1920 that is some racy this guy that benedict cumberbatch slash whatever his name is in the movie Phil. phil keep always kind of references is this bronco henry character and he just clearly idolizes him and it's kind of a reverse role it seems like cody is you know young and a teen who 
Benedict Cumberbatch is an adult, it seems like the roles were reversed for Phil and Bronco Henry. Right. Bronco Henry was young, and he looked up and was, you know, certainly physically attracted to Bronco Henry, who was the, yeah, this like he was like this muscle weight lifter, also ranch guy. Oh, so, so the photos were of Bronco. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I. But, I mean, that's what I thought. But that's what I was thinking, too. I thought that parallel existed, obviously, with Peter and Phil, and that I was con- yes. I was actually convinced that Peter had kind of bought into that and kind of had distanced himself from his mother. And I think, you know, in, in knowing that we were going to review this film and in thinking back about it, I felt like they didn't set up the relationship between them enough. I mean, the movie was long enough as is, so there's only so much time to do this, but I felt like more could have been done to develop that relationship, to strengthen that bond between the two, to know that he's going to come back from summer camp and act in such a scheming, masterful way in protection of his mother. I was surprised by that as well. Because I don't know this guy. I don't know Peter at all. He's all I know is he got bullied at the in one of the opening scenes. That's which, all I know about him. Which he did, I don't know. Where Phil Benedict Cumberbatch is just going in on the flowers oh and he gosh, starts crying. He was no, it's just wrecking. hilarious. It, I mean, like, yeah, it's like whatever. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like I don't know. What was I going to say? No, Ryan, you bring up, you bring up a good point with sort of relationship development in this film. I think I think s- some of what was off for me personally in this film was the pacing and what yes. they what Jane decided to focus her attention on. I think yeah, probably maybe the relationship between Kirsten Dunst and Peter could have had more significance. Instead, we get like whole two chapters of her and jesse plemons doing their thing which their relationship is very awkward and i get like that whole dinner scene when the governor comes over and the big capitalists come over and that like that was that was to me i think one of the best scenes in the movie because yeah it makes it makes you feel awkward like that's that's a good point the lighting in it spectacular it was just great scene and like the build up to her playing these these show tunes for these big big like i said capitalist men was was pretty intriguing and also before that when she tries to play on the piano and like remember what she's playing the the funniest part of the movie was when phil is upstairs listening to her play and then he just starts playing the same song on his banjo and just fucking just goes off and she can hear him just totally mind games just totally fucks with her but no i i i really enjoyed that scene i thought me personally i'm just gonna get the pros out there right now i thought it was shot beautifully you know like the cinematography and it was spectacular when, when you think of these Western movies, especially contemporary Westerns, you want to see these big grand shots and these big open fields and, and, and these small humans and, and just wandering around and gives you this sort of lost feeling. And it, it was, it was phenomenal to look at. Yeah. I think it was shot in New Zealand, which oh, is, really? yeah, which makes sense, but beautiful, but man, I just, I just was not really sold on the characters, I never really felt 
anything from this movie besides that one dinner scene. I didn't think the writing was anything to write home about, you know. Got him. Got him, got him. And I honestly, why is Benedict Cumberbatch up for best actor? I thought his I thought his <laughs> southern accent was fucking awful. I don't think it was a southern accent. I, what, I what, was what was it? What was it? What was it? Dialogue he was trying to go with. I I don't I was like this. Come on, Benny Boy. I'm I, surprised because I thought Benedict was pretty was quite good. My questionable one because I agree with you, Pat. I felt that Kristen Dunst scene. I felt all of her characters. So I support her getting supporting actress. Jesse Plemons. Wasn't in <laughs> half of the film. He yeah, wasn't in funny. half of it. That's, that's uh, how the, could he get supporting actor? Yeah, I think in terms of the the actors, they all did strong performances. But yeah, Jesse Plemons is only in. He's he's he his character to be honest really just moves the plot forward. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he just gets some things going, but the entire relationship is just that triangle between. We are totally switching all of these names. So. Nobody has any idea as well. But Peter, a.k.a. Cody Smith, Kirsten Dunst, Benedict Cumberbatch. It's that, it's that triangle relationship that the entire movie's about. And yeah, Jesse Plemons just kind of like Pop, pushes it along. He pops and it, and in he has, on occasion. He has like, he, he has a couple, and like his performance is good. It's just like, yeah. I don't know, you, you'd think you'd maybe... I mean, I guess it's supporting actor, but nonetheless, like, you know, and he's got like one or two moments where I think he pushes back on his brother a little bit. And like, for some reason, you know, he clearly kind of makes the rules of the house, I guess. But nonetheless, like, yeah, it's about those, you know, the, the relationship between Peter and his mom. And then, you know, I, I, I also like Ryan. I mean, I wasn't sure that he was that, Peter was going to kill Benedict. I was not entirely sure about that. I mean, it was very clear that it very clearly sets you up for Cody slash Peter to be somebody who is the, you know, he handles getting berated at the B&B very well. He's clearly an extremely intelligent person. He wants to be a doctor, I think. Um, Obviously, with how he eventually kills Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, it's by because he's interested in dissecting the, the cow that's dead and has anthrax. Um, so you know that he's kind of scheming in some way, but the real interesting one is Benedict because it seems like he's breaking down, right? Over the course of the film, it seems like he's breaking down, he's breaking down, he's breaking down. Finally, they have a good relationship. Finally, Cody opens up about... Uh, was it I'm, this? Is what I'm trying to remember it was Cody op- slash Peter opening about up about his dad's suicide, or was it Benedict Cumberbatch opening up about his dad's suicide? Grant, what was it? Oh, Grant might be the one that has to tap in here. I want more Peter. It's Peter. Peter finally sort of opens up, or at least strategically opens up. I don't know about his dad's suicide, and you know Benedict kind of in this moment in this very poignant moment after he had cut his hand on the wood i think that was when that was you know scoffs and sort of sides with peter in a way and you know i think it was like your dad is you know that's ridiculous you know i mean finally it seems like this gap is bridged 
Although the guy still seems to hate his mother. And then wham, bam, he murders him. I mean, like, it is, it is I was, I, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty good payoff. People's, you guys didn't seem to like the payoff. because, no. it was, But it was a subtle payoff in the way that it wasn't, you know, you, you sort of pieced it all together afterward. And then there's the uh, quote from the Bible, you know, the, the one that involves the title, The Power of the Dog. Um, and it all kind of ties it, ties it together at the end. So I don't know. I mean, to me, obviously the growing Benedict was almost the one that was actually the one that developed over time, like his character slowly loosening up. Which is what, and, which is what I was interested in. Ryan, I was, I was like you, I was hope I was honestly hoping there was going to be a love relationship between the two. I think that would have made things way more interesting but instead, we wow. get sociopathic Peter over here, just like, nah, I don't like you, <laughs> and kills him. What do you mean? He's like, man, I don't like you. He totally gives him the cigarette. He plays up the sexual tension. He gets his trust. He totally builds yes, up his he trust does. Over yes, time. he does. He finds the moment of weakness, then he strikes, and 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 the person he cares about most, the person that he loves the most, his mother, yeah. is finally free. And he can deliver me from the sword, my precious oh, life, from God. the power of the dogs, as he finally asks for forgiveness from God for murdering Benedict Cumberbatch. But it's because Benedict Cumberbatch was antagonizing and driving his mother to her own death. Like his, he was driving his mother to be an alcoholic because early in the film she had refused alcohol, but but then obviously she became an alcoholic. So. It was it was a choice. Cody Smith McKee's character had a choice between his mom dying or Benedict dying, and he chose and he chose to kill Benedict, and he had to probably slowly get on his get on his good side, which he knew how to do because he's smart and he stumbled into uh, Benedict's uh, Bronco Henry Gay porn collection, <laughs> and so he realized this man. It's clearly not who he says he is. He's willing to try and work on his side. It seems like Cody Smith-McKee's character himself is gay, so there's probably some relation. And then slowly gets on his good side only to strike when... Strike with the anthrax. The anthrax rope. Yeah. Yeah. The anthrax rope. See, I was so pissed off with that final shot of him looking at his mother, Peter looking at his mother... And Jesse Plemons, and then they like kiss right after the funeral, and then he just like turns and smiles, like, "Give me a fucking break!" Like that, I don't know why, but that just set me over the edge. Uh, that that to me was the nail in the coffin. Kirsten Dunst, her character and her slowly developing into this alcoholic, not just not just Phil's p- fault, not just Benedict Cumberbatch's fault. It is also Jesse Plemons' fault because. Like, like you said, he is not in the last half of the movie. He is just gone. He knows that Phil is a bad influence on her. Yeah, he just, he's like, oh, he's so passive with everything. And he also embarrasses her in front of all these wealthy men and, and their wives. And I think that was probably like, you know, the tipping point. I don't know exactly when she starts drinking, actually, but I'm sure that did not do anything great for her mental psyche. No. And, and like, if he really did care about her, which I don't think he does, I think the relationship is sort of a sham. It's very awkward. 
where is the true love? He fucking goes to her B&B, helps her with the dishes once, dances with her near a cliffside. And we're calling that love? That's what love is? I mean, I guess back in the Western, you don't got much to deal with. And if a wealthy man is coming up to you and being like, hey, you want to be my wife? They're like, fuck yeah, I'd rather do that. She's a Airbnb. widow. She wants to have companionship. Oh, God. She's a widow. She's alone. And he's rich. No, so, but like, I agree with you, Pat. Like, it was devoid of emotion for sure. But I don't think they're, like, I don't think it works if they're raging hot lovers no i mean i understand it yeah because like i think the point is she's you know i mean she's alone and i think jesse plemons pushed backs on benedict eventually but it's yeah it's only slightly and i think like what it's about the hides or something like i mean it all kind of accumulates take take him please please." well she that's when she snaps back somewhat yeah 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 the freaking hides i forgot about the, the freaking hides i mean she rebels in her own way which triggers everything in the last bit and then he but yeah i mean i don't know i mean yeah the relationship between jesse plumbins and as we've said and kirsten Dunst isn't super strong in terms of their passion for one another but it would be weird if they were passionate for each other because then like like the whole feeling is that she's totally alone here. So then she starts to drink. And then also on top of that, she's getting totally antagonized because the second that Jesse Plemons steps in, or if he steps in earlier in the movie, all of a sudden the relationship between Cody and Benedict Cumberbatch, which is kind of what the strength of the movie is, is totally thrown off because then you've, then you're tossing in this other character who's fighting as well. Like, it's kind of a weird, like, the more he enters into this, the oh, I feel like the weirder it actually, like, the actually harder it would be to balance. Well, that that's all and, fair, but I like your point. You originally started talking about the triangle between the mom. I don't remember what her name is in the movie. Yeah, oh, man, me either. Peter and Phil, that, that triangle. And we're talking about two relationships that were really highlighted in the film the one between Peter and Phil and and Phil and the mom. But again, I think the big disconnect was that third piece. And you're right. Like maybe we didn't need more Jesse Plemons, but we needed more of Peter and his mom together. I think is the main thing that seems to be the criticism there. I'm curious about whether Grant liked it or not and what he liked or did not like to lead <laughs> to that little decision. Um, I did not like it. <laughs> the thing I liked most was probably the cinematic shots, because they have a lot of really cool landscape shots, like Pat was saying. But really, that was about it. I did like Benedict how he walked. He did walk like <laughs> I think that's just his legs. Like an old rancher would like straight up and down. Other than that, acting was not there for me. Oh, wow. wow, the acting wow. the thing that we three agreed on. It's not there for Grunt. Well, I mean, honestly, maybe if you want to make things more interesting is that both Jesse Plemons and Benedict Cumberbatch, they're both, you know, silently killing Kirsten Dunst. So then Peter ends up killing both of them somehow. And then <laughs> and then they take the money. Because if, if that's really what he wants... Uh, then if he wants his mom to be happy, you know, 
get because I, like like we said, their relationship isn't much. But maybe by the final shot, it's it's mended after Phil because they fucking kiss after his dead brother's funeral. God, give me a break. No, I. Just it just didn't do it for me, man. It just didn't do it for me. I was not a big fan of Jane's writing. I was not a big fan of the pacing. Maybe that's the editor's job. I mean, it is the editor's job, but I maybe maybe it just wasn't written that way, and and that's how they filmed it. And the the payoff wasn't there for me. I sort of knew Peter's intentions the whole time. Or once the anthrax came into play. I, you could tell the anthrax was going to come into play at the very beginning of the movie when he's like, no, don't touch that cow. It's got anthrax. Never touch a cow with anthrax. Uh, you knew that was probably going to come back at See, some point. I just missed that. I mean, I heard it and I remember it, but I didn't think about that when I mean, whenever, whenever someone says something to not do it or that this is a big, you know, there's some, that's usually foreshadowing. Yeah, because all, I mean, all stories should contain within itself the means yeah to finish like the means there shouldn't be loose ends there shouldn't be red herrings game of thrones um but yeah i mean yeah obviously you know i mean you can usually piece together the key factors of something if it's well written it's just how that goes down is kind of what ends up being interesting but yeah i mean yeah uh, same like the first scene it's the anthrax you're like okay <laughs> gonna hold, put that one in the back Noted. pocket. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, actually, okay. If it was the opening opening scene, I don't know if I was yeah. paying that much attention. That makes more sense. When they're yeah. like driving the cattle and right, there's a dead right, one. Right. And yeah, yeah. I forget exactly what happens, but he's, he's like, being make a, sure they don't go over there or something. He's being exactly. a jerk too. Yeah. I'm interested though, Jack, in what you just said about, you know, the meaning of the story or what was it that the ending of the story is justified by the means of it or what? Well, like you should, if you're writing a story, really any, um, I mean, books, movies in particular, just because you only have two hours, Uh, but it should contain within itself. Like every everything needs to be there for a reason, and everything need like I gotcha. he references this anthrax, right? They if you spend, you have a precious amount of time anytime you're writing a story, even if it's a super long book. But say yeah, a two hour movie, right? If you're going to spend thirty seconds on anthrax, it should probably come up. You are showing right. What are you showing an audience? Yeah, right? you're showing them this anthrax. And then if you don't talk about anthrax for the rest of the movie, it's like, why the fuck are you telling me about it? They're like, like you should, you know, I mean, all stories little drop little hints throughout and then, then it picks up. Right. And that's a pretty, you know, I mean that you read a ch- ch- children's book. They're, they're built that way. But yeah, I, I don't know. I said it in a fancy way that I think if you wrote it down, probably didn't make any sense, but nonetheless, like, yeah, like, you know, you can, you know, I mean, you can piece together, you know, maybe not exactly how how things happen, but what the what the players are going to be, right? Right, and so I guess I'm thinking with that concept, not just looking forward through the story. I've thought about this before because one thing that I hate in a movie or a show or anything is when the writers try to reference something that happened in the past, and the, it'll be like two characters sharing a cup of coffee, and the mom will be like you remember when this happened to dad, when dad had that accident. And it's always just the most awkward way of bringing up past, you know, experiences 
to make them relevant for the current story. I hate that trope so much that I'm curious if you guys think, can you have a movie or a show or anything that doesn't bring up anything from the past and still be riveting and emotional in the same way to where you don't know any of the backstory. All that matters is when you first start watching that film or show, because even in this movie, we're talking about a key point is when Peter opens up about his father's suicide, which is referencing the past. Otherwise I think they keep it pretty tight. Well, actually no, because Bronco Henry is also a main trope. So I don't know. Is this possible? I think, I think moonlight, you know, does that. That's, a film because you're 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 following shy ron's life you follow him through his three big biggest stages of his life and so it, that movie is pretty much providing the backstory for what you know it's you're living that life with him you know maybe maybe some paul thomas anderson movies where you're just following you know his characters around and i'm sure there's movies out there i'm sure i'm gonna think of one maybe after this podcast but just I just meant yeah, it's you'll like think a of, you'll, you'll be like of some sort like right as this is over you'll rattle off like six in your brain you'll be like damn I should have said yeah that. well I can I can put them in at the when I'm editing just like, oh yeah, yeah I mean true true wow you have ultimate power I do you could totally switch up everything I said I could be railing on power I might, right now, I might just do that I might just do that well okay well okay let me let me just get this out here because I didn't really have any biases going into this film I didn't really know what to expect. I just knew it had just been coming up in my life. Like you had talked about it, Jack, Ryan, you had brought it up. And sometimes when things are just like hitting you in the face, metaphorically, you just gotta be like, all right, I'll watch it. You know, I think, I think this is the universe telling me something. And I watched it and I just like came away. I think it just fell flat for me. And I think what, you know, builds on top of that, like why I'm pretty passionate and disliking it is that, all the hype that has followed it now, all the awards that it has gotten, all the ratings that it has gotten is like holding it up. Like it's a fucking, this is a movie of God. And it, I don't think it's revolutionary at all. I don't think it's like, you know, it could win best picture. And you know, there's some best picture winners that just like really stand out like, like moonlight, like I brought up and, and like those films are, excuse me, are timeless. La La Land. Great film. Love it. But you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say this is like a horrible movie. I just don't think it's a great one. I just don't think it's even really a good one. But I think there's good elements to it. So I just want to clear the air there. I definitely don't think it deserves twelve nominations. While French Dispatch got zero. So, <laughs> do we have any other French Dispatch? Have either of you two seen the French Dispatch? I'll have to watch it for no. Pat. I ended up seeing it Pat's twice. <laughs> I need to see it again. I never. It's a I never subtle did. way of saying this movie is absolute garbage. <laughs> Why by not watching it twice? Be nominated in any way possible. I hope. I hope Paul Thomas Anderson wins Best Director. I honestly, I don't think Licorice Pizza will win Best Picture, but I'd be sick if it did. I have a hard time thinking the movie nominated for twelve of them also isn't like the clear favorite to win best picture but i also have not of the best picture nominees i have only seen dune and the power of the dog so i have no absolutely no comment on exactly what should and shouldn't be nominated because i haven't seen like any of those movies nor except for dune obviously 
which I enjoyed quite a bit. Dune's fun. Dune is fun. Have you read the book? No, I never have. So I'm kind of actually... Book's pretty good. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's... I've always sort of thought about it, but I mean, I've never really come close, but... <laughs> Dune. I preferred Power of the Dog to the French Dispatch. Yeah. I mean, if the power of the dog wins, I'm happy for it. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm honestly want to get to all the other ones. I certainly want to get to Licorice Pizza. I've heard good things about Don't Look Up, obviously. Coda um, seems pretty good. Um, people liked King Richard. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sort of split on whether I like Dune better or not. I think I kind of enjoyed Dune more than Power of the Dog, uh, to be honest. Way better. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, again, I'm not. I, I thought it was a thumbs up. Power of the dog. I'd, I'd recommend it. I think it was interesting. I think, you know, you think about it a little afterward, but also Dune was pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. See, I'll, I'll go with you. I give Power of the Dog thumbs down. Um, I I honestly probably would not recommend it to anyone, which I think is a good indicator on like if you think the movie is good or not. Sorry, Power of the Dog, not doing it for me. Ryan, what, did you, what, what are you giving it? Meh. Okay. Grunt. That's it. Grunt. Bunions. Bunions. <laughs> and a big bunions for Grunt. So, there you go. There you go. Some interesting takes, Power of the Dogs. Oh, yeah. Love talking cinema. We should do this more often, honestly. I'm down. We should just like pick a movie and give give like give it a month to watch or something, and then do one once a month. We should try to watch it and then do an episode like right after. Sooner, yeah, yeah, because we we sort of forgot what was going on. We need a grunt to save us. Yeah, grunt really came in clutch a few times. Grunters, I should say. Plus, I've been in a Cumberbatch walk. I gotta watch it again. Just now, just you know, honestly, just watch yeah. a walk. No, no, he, <laughs> he's got the walk down. That's for sure. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, let's uh, let's get in some shout outs here. Grunt guest, go first. Who is your shout out? I got none. Rachel, like Rachel, can't okay, be one. Yeah, Rachel, shout out, Rachel. <laughs> squatting on her property there you go all the nurses very nice good good shout out good shout out there uh let's go with um oh my god james harden plays in two days i think that was your nickname shout out to brooklyn real estate broke my heart yesterday first Apartment application, our top choice, we got rejected. Found that out early in the morning. But then later in the day, all things were saved because option number two was approved. And we were signing the lease on Saturday. So shout out to my broker. No fees. Gotta love that. Brooklyn soon. That's hype. That's hype. Hell yeah. Good job. Congrats on that. Thanks. All right. Dog boy. You shout out James Cameron. Shout out to James Cameron for making a very fascinating movie. I'll give two quick shout outs. One 
is to this woman who I don't know. But she has a website called earthtrekkers.com and it has very been helpful as she has written about her travels in South Florida and as somebody who is going to South Florida and vacationing in South Florida this next week. There has been some recommendations on how to, you know, go about your trip to the Everglades and what to see and what to not see, what to skip, and the Keys and Greater Miami. So shout out to that person who there's a photo of her and her family and it seems like a nice, pleasant family and it doesn't say her name. It's probably good. But nonetheless, shout out to her. Second shout out will be to... Uh, my own girlfriend, Allie, who, when we were planning this trip, we did decide to rent a car. A little pricey, but nonetheless necessary. But I did not know this. And she told me that, because I don't, I don't, we don't own a car here. I don't own a car here, so I don't have car insurance. Uh, but when we rented a car, they offer tons of insurance. It's pretty expensive. But nonetheless, a lot of credit cards, as part of benefits, yes, will cover damage to a car to a rental car you still have to pay for the liability so if i'm responsible for hitting somebody else i don't i'm still covered to pay their car or through the rental car company but a lot of credit cards will cover damage to the rental car itself and you don't have to purchase like 30 dollars a day insurance on your own car it could save you a lot of money so if you're renting a car call your insurance or call your Credit, credit card. card company if you don't have uh car insurance or maybe if you do it still works i don't know point is make some calls ask some questions Allie knew that i didn't i was about to book us a rental car and it was about to add you know like 120 extra dollars here and it saved us 120 dollars nice so boom there you go thank you Allie. yes for knowing rental car insurance policies yeah I certainly did not. No. That's all right. That's a very obscure thing to know. All right. So my shout-out goes to... I'll give a shout-out. We've given them a couple shout-outs before, but Chase and Marina. Yeah. They came up from L.A. They flew up to from L.A. And they stayed with me this weekend. We had a little fun weekend together. They used to live here in PDX, so it was a bit of a home reunion i guess you could say that but yeah it was it was it was very nice having them here miss them tons we hung out with them so much over the summer and you know sad sad when your friends leave leave town so it was good to have them under our roof and it's good to have a weekend with them so shout out you two yeah and i think that's all the shout outs i got uh, shout out French Dispatch for being a better movie than Power Dog. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh man. Oh man. Do you want to go? Do you want to fight? I'm pretty tired, man. That was that was a long episode. You you keep bringing this up. Oh God. Hey hey. Remember, remember Jane Campion? Because I don't. James Cameron. James Cameron. James Cameron. Remember her? Actually, I do. She she did not make a good movie. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I got all my jabs in. I got all my jabs in. Well, there we go. 30 episodes done. 30 more to go. 
whether you fucking like it or not, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Unless there is the one exception, Sixers-Warriors finals. Warriors finals. Sixers-Warriors finals. If that fucking happens, which it fucking could, holy shit, we peaked. Goodbye. Two seasons, that's it. That's it. No country to bring men two seasons. Still waiting to tweet from Ryan's account because Ben Simmons has not played a basketball game yet. God damn it. Just let me tweet from the account. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's it for us tonight. We're going to go do some things. Play some video games. All right. Have a good night. <laughs>